I shall not see happiness again. I'm sure all of you recall that this is the closing line of today's first reading from Job chapter 7. I shall not see happiness again. Sounds kind of depressing. Even those of us who have never read the whole of the book of Job know something of his story. Job was a truly good and upright person who was widely respected and known to be a man of deep faith. He was also very prosperous, probably in large part because of his deep-seated goodness. He simply did things the right way. Sitting on top of the world, he faced sudden and unimaginable misfortune. He lost his property and his children. He was afflicted with a horrific disease. Sorrow oppressed his soul. It's no wonder that he cried out, I shall not see happiness again. The book of Job treats the problem of innocent suffering. We all know that the human, the human beings are capable of creating great suffering due to our sinfulness and selfishness. Think, for example, of a drunk driver who seriously harms himself or herself or kills or hurts someone in another car. Or think of an unfaithful spouse who, who destroys a marriage and tears a family apart. Or think of someone who gossips at work or at school, destroying the reputation of another. We are very capable of creating our own suffering. However, we also know and have probably experienced the reality that suffering can also come suddenly, not caused by ours or another's evil or sin, and yet wreak havoc in our life or the life of good and innocent people. And do we not struggle to understand why? As Job wrestled to understand his plight, he was visited by friends who insisted that his sufferings must be the punishment for some sort of wrongdoing that he had done. Their solution was to urge him to repent. Job knew that this was not the case. He had not sinned. He lived uprightly and was convinced that his afflictions had nothing to do with any wrong that he had ever done. To his credit, as is evidenced by his innate goodness and fidelity, he never blamed God. Yes, he cried out to God, why? Why all this suffering? But he never blamed God. His suffering only deepened his fidelity. He trusted that the goodness of God would one day prevail. What tremendous faith, what tremendous trust in God he evidenced. On various levels, we've all probably faced the dilemma that Job wrestled with. Maybe our distress has not reached the depth that he faced. He literally lost everything. But unexpected crosses and even tragedies can challenge our faith and cause us to ask why. Maybe we have even felt like Job when he said, I shall not see happiness again. Maybe you experienced the unexpected death of a child that brought you unimaginable grief, or were given a terrible diagnosis that put you face to face with your mortality, or faced a financial crisis that left you wondering how you could ever care for your family and loved ones. At times like this, our faith can truly be challenged. Some are blessed with the trust of Job, who never blamed or doubted God in the midst of their travails. Others, however, struggle to find their way through the dark valley 
and may even come to doubt God's presence in their lives. I would like to suggest that communities of believers, like St. Michael's Parish here in Grand Ledge, can be a source of great hope for the innocent who face burdens and, even, and also a source of hope even for those whose burdens may be self-inflicted. Those among you who, like Job, have an unwavering faith in God's goodness, even at your darkest times, still benefit from fellow parishioners who walk with you and pray for you. But in particular, those whose faith is shattered in the midst of their trials and perils, they surely know how much they need the support and prayers of others. They feel so alone in their suffering. I know in every faith community there are people who have survived great trials and have risen from them with a deeper faith. The experiences that they have had may mirror the experiences of one you know who suffers, and it gives them a special gift, the credibility of having survived with hope. If we have seen our way through the dark valley, we have real credibility if we're willing to walk with another who's in the midst of their dark valley. You can be a light for those living in darkness. In today's gospel passage, Jesus enters the home of Peter and Andrew, and he finds Peter's mother-in-law ablaze with fever. He heals her, and her immediate response is to minister to those present. She offers a model of ministry. Having been healed by God's love herself, she now shows her gratitude by sharing that love with others. She goes about the business of healing and caring for others. There are many who struggle to know that there is life on the other side of their suffering. When a healed believer, like many of you who have gone through dark times, when a healed believer has survived such suffering and reaches out to another who struggles, he or she has the unique gift not only of compassion, but of credibility. You know and can credibly witness to the fact that life does exist and go on beyond what we suffer. For example, a recovering alcoholic can speak with, with great hope to a discouraged addict who is truly in a gutter and not able to believe that there's hope for him or her. In the various parishes where I've served, I have always had great appreciation for recovering alcoholics who were ever ready to meet with alcoholics in their struggle, those often living without hope. Not always, but sometimes, they were able to lead the addict to Alcoholics Anonymous and to recovery. I applaud those of you, not only who have recovered from an addiction, but who are willingly helping others who badly need a good shepherd to lead them through their dark valley. A little over a year ago, I presided at the funeral of one of my younger sisters who had succumbed to cancer after a long battle. Having already lost a younger brother, I and my other surviving brothers and sisters were sorely grieved. Just before my sister's funeral mass began, Father Jim Isley, your pastor, came in to help came in to celebrate the mass. I knew, because I've known Jim for a while, that he too had lost a brother and a sister. His very presence, knowing his experience mirrored mine, gave me hope. Many of you are so kind and supportive of those who grieve and know how important it is for you to do so because you too have lost someone that you loved. Your presence and your encouragement can give a grieving individual uh, help and help them not lose hope in their struggle. 
When a person seems enslaved to forces beyond their control, it can be so hard to see a light at the end of the tunnel. Your presence, your prayers, and the credibility of your witness can, in fact, offer them hope. I hope all of us, in some fashion, are moving toward the depth of faith and trust in God that the suffering Job so wonderfully modeled. Our sufferings and crosses are not signs of having been abandoned by God, and sometimes people simply need to know that that's true. I also hope that when your burdens seem overwhelming, that you will find a fellow believer, a real angel of God, who will step forward to shepherd you through your dark valleys. And finally, I hope that all of us grateful, like Peter's mother-in-law, grateful for being healed or helped at our time of distress, will generously seek out those who struggle and be for them a source of hope, especially at times when they, like Job, feel like they will never see happiness again. With God's help, and I truly believe with the help of fellow believers, even at our darkest moments, may we trust that we will, in fact, see happiness again.